Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. So once again, the pro wrestling show can't get all three people together in the same room. This week, Will's not here. Something to do with some music festival somewhere on a farm, some dairy farm. So it's just me and Al. You're all right. Just me, mate. Yeah, just just me for company. Yeah, I'm good. I'm very good after a long day at Talksport Towers. Are you jealous that you're not standing in a field right now with loads of hippies smoking doobies? No. Um, <laughs> no, I'm not. Either. Are they doing that? I, I mean, I that's what hippies are. do. Sure, I've been told. No, yeah. I, I went to a fe- last time I went to a festival was V Festival. Uh, rest in peace. And I stayed in a hotel in Birmingham. Had a great time. Yeah, have a I, shower I, every morning. Uh, what year? Out of interest? Oh, not not a clue. Two thousand and something. I went to V Festival when Eminem headlined, which just makes me feel well old because I'm pretty sure that was like eight years ago. It was a long time ago. Mine was like 2007. Anyway, we're not here to talk about music, we're here to talk about wrestling. Um, I think we just need to start off with one of the biggest stories that's kind of ongoing with WWE. It is these attendances. Now, Mm. at Stomping Grounds on Sunday, it didn't look so bad on TV because, you know, with TV you can make things look how they aren't. However, when you see the fans' pictures, which lots of people have been retweeting, it didn't look pretty. Haven't fans become a bit obsessed with that? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, they, they all, they love um, showing the WWE up online, uh, which seems counterintuitive if you're going to the show. But, um, you know, with Stomping Grounds, Meltzer is saying that it did 3,000 paid, I think it was. Or, no, sorry, that's wrong. Four to four and a half thousand paid. And the Raw the Monday after did 3,000. Those numbers are staggering. They really are. If you think, if you've ever been to watch WWE in the UK, even for the live events rather than the TV tapings, Mm. you you know, you're going to the Manchester Arena, that's 14 odd thousand. You're going to the O2, that's up to 18,000. You know, 3,000 is is really like a really small arena in the UK, like Brighton, is it Brighton Centre? or mm. Plymouth Pavilion like it's it's smaller than that and it's it was similar to what happened at NXT in Glasgow and I went they they'd obviously booked the the Brayhead Arena which is a 5000 seater arena but there was only about less than a thousand people in there and obviously you know on TV it looks fine and they, they with that they just booked a room that was way bigger because they needed a venue and I guess that was all that was available right. but for Raw which regularly has between I don't know 8000 and 15000 people everywhere every week 3000 is not good and that actually looked worse in the pictures I've seen you know the whole camera side is is blacked off and then the whole top tier so you basically just got the floor and then two thirds of the, the lower bowl yeah. it, imagine you're a wrestler doing I, I think they did it really well but doing like promos 
at a big black curtain instead mm. of fans. And I think a few of them, I can't remember, I think it was Becky Lynch, was kind of like reacting as if there were people there, which I thought was, was quite good. <laughs> but do you think the people at home actually really care? Like people who are just casual fans who aren't massive marks like us? Because you know, the product still looks the same on TV. Look, it still sounds the same because the way they have the microphones positioned um, onto uh, the, the crowd. So it's like, have you ever been in attendance and the crowd is telling someone to, to shut the F up? for instance, yep. right? But you don't hear that at home because they just direct the mics to the crowd they elsewhere, aren't doing that, yeah. right? So it's the same sort of thing. You wouldn't really know if there is 3,000 or 20,000 because the noise kind of generated is the same. It must be disconcerting for the superstars who are like pandering to the hard cam and it's just not a soul in sight. Um, and obviously WWE, like as you alluded to earlier, get creative in terms of moving people around and for the pay-per-views Meltzer was suggesting that they were doing two for ones like mm. giving, the, giving them away on the day at the uh, the shopping mall as, as they call it over there I guess <laughs> do they? Um, no they do, they do. the mall the mall <laughs> the mall like neighbours called mall short for Malcolm <laughs> his name was Malcolm and then they realised hang on a minute that's the most uncool name for an 18 year old lad ever yeah anyway, I don't think I WWE were giving it away to to Mal, the no, but it was old. in what Washington State, which is uh, it's, yeah, it's a bit out of the way, isn't it? Let's mm. face it. And you got Daniel Bryan, who's the hometown hero, who's a heel, and they all cheered him. <laughs> but then that's always going to happen. Always. Do, do you think? Let's let's talk about the pay per view. Do you think that the pay per view was necessarily tarnished by the audience? Because I actually quite enjoyed it. I actually, yeah, I, I'm glad you said that because I'm I'm of the same thinking that Stomping Grounds far exceeded. The expectations I had for it, I, I you know, I, I don't want to say I dreaded it because because that'd be ridiculous to say, but my excitement levels in the week leading up to it, knowing that I was going to cover it for work, I was a bit like, oh, you know, there's nothing, <laughs> nothing I'm really excited about here. It's just a bunch of rematches, and uh, yeah, I really, I really wasn't digging it. But as after I'd watched like the first hour or two, I was thinking, man, like, every every match was good. Um, you know, it's going to be a little underwhelming when you have Lacey Evans as the ref, if that's one of your key selling points, is mm-hmm. there is a surprise ref. But when you actually think about it logically and storytelling, like, okay, Rollins was beating everyone up who's going to be the ref, he's not going to beat up a woman in this day and age. Uh, you know, it kind of ties in with he would want, she would want him to lose to get at Becky. So, I mean, I get it. It just wasn't... It's a nice touch that he's threatening that, you know, whoever's a referee, he's got his chair there and he's going to do whatever it takes. And it's quite clever that Baron Corbin enlisted Lacey Evans. And as you say, it makes sense. I just think people were sitting there expecting... I've seen all kinds of names mentioned for who could be the referee. Yeah. Um, But actually, storyline-wise... Yeah, it works out. It's fine. A lot of people uh, I saw while it, the event was going on, they were just tweeting about Bar- uh, about Bray Wyatt, and it's like, think about it. If if this is this pay per view isn't going down so well, there's not a great attendance. You know, the morale allegedly isn't great around it. Do you really think they're going to waste that big return for Bray Wyatt at that pay per view? No, I, I, I don't. I think it's actually quite clever what what they've done this week at TV. I don't know if you've seen it, mm. but but characters of the Firefly Funhouse have just been sporadically. A- appearing backstage where and if you're actually not paying attention you won't see it no you know i, I mean? didn't see it the first time you sent the picture to me mm, and uh, uh, i don't know which one it was behind uh behind the miz yeah uh, abby i think i can't remember all their names but then i think mercy the buzzard was there with kofi as well and then there was one last night when the, the pig I, is it the yes it the, the weird pig um, type thing yeah, was there that's... behind uh iconics i can't yes yeah it was the iconic we should really check this before we, we record but you know if you watched it you you probably saw it and it was yeah. there and 
I mean, okay, we'll, we'll go back to Stomping Grounds, but uh, Bray Wyatt, what do you think? I've got a theory of what I want to happen. Right. And I don't know if it's going to happen, but I'm interested to know how you think they're actually going to bring him in and who he will, who he will feud with. Well, my, my issue, and I, I have some kind of trust issues with WWE in this department, but I actually love the original incarnation of, of Bray Wyatt, okay? But the problem with that was, and it's textbook heelish ways in this day and age, he he lost every feud that he got in, right? <laughs> so so he, he might grab a win here or there, but ultimately he would lose. Um, and I, my concern would be that that happens again. And surely, with all this build and and the and excitement that has come with that, he has to be entering into a top feud from the get go, or there has to be like a ready made story of someone who because he keeps talking about who's wronged him, right? Mm-hmm. And and these things he's going to correct. Um, I don't know off the top of my head. I mean, Randy Orton burned his bloody house down. But other than that, you know, he's apparently Orton and Alistair Black is the idea. So I, I don't know. With 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 White, I'd like to see him straight into a title picture and like dominant and just horrible. I'd, I'd love to see that. But I, it looks like Joe has got Kofi. Mm-hmm. Rollins is like in the eternal feud with Baron Corbin. Um, yeah, with so, uh, Brock Lesnar potentially in the back listening to his briefcase. Exactly, and and then I don't think it really makes sense if Bray Wyatt is targeting mid-card titles. So so you've got to think, and this is where my thoughts come in, is you've got to think, right, is Bray Wyatt going to have a big match at SummerSlam? Surely he is. You'd think so. So is he going to come in and is he going to, like, who's wronged him before? John Cena? We don't want to see that. Mm. I I would love to see him completely write off The Undertaker. I would like to see that. Because I think I just... The Undertaker coming back on Raw is obviously there because of the, the, the figures and they need to have him on there. But also, I think him and the amount of bashing that him and Goldberg took, I think he really probably wants to prove that, no, I can still do this because mm-hmm. he's in great shape. He's like, you know, he's had time off and got those problems fixed like with his hip and all that. And he's had this terrible match and you saw his face at the end of that uh, Super Showdown where he just looked so annoyed at how badly that match had gone. Yeah. I think he's going to want to prove that he can still go. So wouldn't it be good if he comes back for a little while, maybe two months, and Bray Wyatt just comes in and absolutely destroys him? Uh, don't get me wrong, I'd love to see it. Um, I don't think there's ever going to be a time where somebody is allowed to destroy The Undertaker like do you know what I mean um, cer- cer- certainly much less a Bray-, a Bray Wyatt and I don't mean that as disrespectful to Bray because I rate him I just mean in the eyes of Vincent Mann I'm talking yeah. um, so it as much as I'd love to see it I, I think we might see it just not him destroying him if that makes sense um, you know because didn't I, I believe Taker beat him at Mania didn't he years, mm. years ago so there's a story there but it just all depends on how they get there. Oh, he needs, he he needs, and I mean he needs a huge win, and that first one back, SummerSlam being the showcase event. He he needs a huge win there. He doesn't need. You know, I really hope they don't just like feed someone like I don't know Elias to him. It'd be pointless. It would it? just be like you know because WWE has a habit of doing that. Going oh you know it's a bit like what they're doing with Corbin and Rollins now. Like it's okay for Rollins to beat Corbin. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, absolutely. You, you, they're, they're like, you know, oh, it just drags out the rain and it, it you know, nobody wants that. 
you know, it doesn't really achieve anything, but for some reason, WWE seemed to think it does. So I don't, I don't it's interesting know. to see today that one of the uh, online wrestling pages was suggesting that the reason that Vince McMahon likes Baron Corbin is because they think women swoon over him. Stud muffin. I mean, he looks infinitely better since he got rid of his like receding, long, weird hair, and he looks less like he's in some kind of like metal band down your local pub. <laughs> and you know, I'm very cautious that you know, that Mr. Corbin does follow me on Twitter, and I don't want to say anything you know ill against him there you go but i wouldn't say he is what i would describe as a sex symbol you can understand seth rollins you can understand uh people like cesaro he's a very smooth operator baron corbin uh, nice guy i don't think he's gonna be like a chippendale no um, i don't quite get that yeah so. don't get me wrong like he's, he's he's a fine man but he's he's is he like the poster boy handsome jack no no, no he's not um and also wouldn't that be, you know, wouldn't you position someone like that as a baby face if that was the appeal you were looking for? Also, why is he still wrestling in a, in a shirt and trousers? I really don't know. What's that all about? I've got nothing for you there. I imagine he'll get out of that soon. Um, going back to Bray Wyatt, where do you think Bray Wyatt's actually going to show up? Do you think it will be before Extreme Rules or do you think he'll show up at Extreme Rules after a bit more teasing? Yeah. Because um, that's, that's a long that's time a to stretch it out. That's a tough it? one. I mean, Extreme Rules is actually only two weeks away, Sunday. So mm, that's... It could be. That that could be there. Uh, and, and then you do have, like, the road to SummerSlam, which is kind of like a, a month, I believe. Mm. So I don't think he's going to have a match at Extreme Rules. So it would make sense for these teases to continue. And then, you know, at the moment, though, it's so hard to read the teases because all the people that he... You know, these characters are popping up. What's he going to do, like beat the crap out of the Iconics. Yeah, exactly. That's <laughs> you know? not going to happen. So you're yeah. like, mm, what, what does this all mean? Uh, and that's still yet to un- unravel itself. So it, I, I think I like it that I don't know if that makes sense. No, it's good. Um, I mean, I'm just interesting to see what he'll do at Extreme Rules because if it is, you know, takers with Roman, right, against Shane and uh, Drew. Yeah. So if he was to get involved in that, it'd be quite interesting because he has history with uh, both Roman and Taker. Right. So yeah, I could see it. We just don't know. And that's mm. quite good. We were talking about this last week, Will and I, and we were... What do you think? Do you think he's going to have... He's going to be like the reformed Bray Wyatt like you've seen in the in the Funhouse videos and then, like Finn Balor, he has that darker side when he wears the mask and comes out as a, the, the, the gargoyle man, I think I, they called I, it. I wouldn't be surprised if WWE looked at it that way as of like... Because they've obviously seen the success of the alter ego and mm. thought, hmm, you know, this could work. And obviously they wanted originally to make him Sister Abigail... Um, I think illness robbed us of of that, but <laughs> I say robbed us. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Put us out of our misery. Yeah. yeah, saved us. I think it's yeah. possibly yeah. Y two J. Yeah, but you know, it's it's one of them where it's another layer that you can use, uh, and I'm not you know totally sure if that's necessary in terms of oh you, you know it's a bit like the demon. The demon doesn't lose, but it's like Bray Finn Balor doesn't really win the big matches without it. No. So it's like, you know, you're kind of handicapping them right there. I don't really like boxing people into that, those kind of corners. But uh, it's, it's very cool, though, for, you know, when he flicks that switch. So I guess we'll, we'll see how it pans out. As but, long as they don't, pa- as long as they don't um, project worms and bugs and stuff on the ring again, um, I'll I, be I happy. was there. I was, Were you? I was Did there. it look great? It in, looked in... weird in yeah. person. Yeah, not good. I I, and people like couldn't really work out what it was because depending on where you were in the stadium, you couldn't really. Obviously, you know, no, I mean, it wouldn't look. Right, would it? So you're just thinking, what's happening to the ring? But 
There we go. Uh, we mentioned um, we mentioned Finn Balor there. Now, I think from what we've seen and and to combat, you know, the, the sort of it's not a secret that the ratings aren't great for Raw and SmackDown at the moment. Yeah. It seems that they're taking a shift, and rather than depriving us of these matches that we want to see, like. They have done for ages with Finn Balor versus AJ Styles, and obviously because of I think it was Bray Wyatt, wasn't it, that was meant to fire, uh, yeah, fight and then Finn Balor, yeah. and they couldn't. And we had that amazing match, but with no build-up at all, AJ Styles and Finn Balor. I feel that they are now trying to give us what we want in a way, and they've teased that this week with Nakamura and Finn Balor, which obviously would be incredible if they could put on some some matches akin to New Japan. Yeah, for sure. Look, uh, I've kind of got a mini rant to go off this so bear with me go but, on fire away um, I'll sit back wait <laughs> hang on a second wait there that's a real hang on hang on, yes. hang on. Oh, <laughs> I was going to say that's a can of tenants it's <laughs> literally a can of Coke Zero um, so it, it, for me it, it's one of them where I, I feel like the WWE uh, I don't want to say clutching at straws but they're obviously desperate to seek something that will revive the product at the moment the attendances the ratings my overall feeling with it is they've they've handicapped themselves so much and they've put themselves at the mercy of sponsors and you know outside projects be it Saudi Arabia or or Fox or anyone like that the fact that they're trying to incorporate two out of three falls now because of the amount of adverts that they have in a show and that they want matches to run to a certain time is frankly ludicrous like what what <laughs> like you know when you think about that back in the in the in the day when it was in his prime or whatever and you know they had adverts of i don't know like but at regular intervals but like you would any other show 15 yeah. minutes tw- uh, 20 half an hour right mm-hmm. now it's like what f- five like to 10 yeah it, like a long, long segment and they have so many and then they're putting themselves into a corner where the product can't get any rhythm and it's they're kind of suffocating themselves and I don't. They, they sometimes I think they just need to press reset. Like, why are they going? I don't know whether it's in like a pursuit of money or something. You know, they've got enough with Fox and Saudi Arabia, but even the Saudi Arabia thing, where they're like, okay, well, we have to give them these matches. We have to roll out a Goldberg or a. Ta- what? Why? Like they they wouldn't have done that without Saudi Arabia, mm. would they? No, they wouldn't have. Of course. Wouldn't have paid Goldberg two million without Saudi Arabia, and then it's like that. That kind of shifts the whole direction of, of everything for a while and oh these people can't go to Saudi Arabia so same as they can't go there so might as well write him off for a week what, what? like do you know what I mean it's mm-hmm. it, they're, they're doing all these things to themselves and I'm thinking why like it, I, I get it that money like, and, and Fox will have their opinions and things but no one's forcing them to have all these two out of three fools matches this is Vincent Manga well, well why not like like he does on a whim it's mm. every now and again to me and, and I hate to make this an AEW versus WWE thing but I'm just going to use an example AEW like playing by their own rules at the moment, right? They haven't got anyone to appease. Okay, they've got some networks in terms of TNT and ITV, but the parameters seem very much in their favour. They're funded by Tony Khan. He's not desperate for anyone's money. And it seems that they're doing it for the love of what they want to do. Like Tony Khan, passionate for what he wants to do. The WWE seems like a, a like a rudderless ship. I, 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 it, that's how it comes across to me. Week on week, it's like, oh, crap, we might as well, we're going to do this, we're going to do that. And there's countless examples of that, like even the 24-7 title, like, okay, that has worked out 
fantastically for, for what the concept is. It has, but I, I'm worried about how quickly it's going to get yeah, a little well, how, bit repetitive. Yeah, how long... But that know, ridiculous thing where the, the seven, six people won it... In, it's actually like, better for social you know. media rather than these run-ins through the rings and, do you know what I mean? And people, Absolutely. You know, and you've seen that every week now where people are hunting our truth down to the ring. Like, it's actually better when they do these cool cool switches on social media. But anyway, that that is one thing... Uh, and then you know there was another one where it's like okay the third hour now is going to have more attitude, right? Okay, like you know and it, and just all these different ideas that they seem to be throwing stuff to the wall. And I just think I, I get it that they must be scrambling and thinking okay well what, why why all this attendance and that? But it's, there's the product is just declining because they don't have any direction. I think it's hard when you have something which is on every week, as, as everyone always says, no off-season, because with TV series, you know, you obviously have downtime where you can go, right, what works, what didn't, let's get yeah. some fan reaction, let's try a few things out in practice, rehearsal, then come back with a new product, see how it goes. Whereas they have to make changes the following week and it has to be different. And uh, don't you think it's funny, though, that we've... And and, I, and before anyone thinks this, I'm not saying, well, you know, just give us the attitude here. I'm not saying that. But at one point, they were forced to make a change similar to that, right? Things were not working. Mm -hmm. the, the old cartoon gimmicks and the way it was. And Vince McMahon recognised, I'm going to have to make a change. Like this, The climate has changed, right? Which it has now, and the Attitude Era probably wouldn't work now like it did then. But a, but a, a, a similar symbolic change is probably on the horizon. Because AEW seem to have don't have the uh, not only the PG constraints, but just general sponsorship and you know um, partnership constraints that WWE certainly seem to abide by and they as a result can put on the product they want that seems to be more edgy and orientated to the hardcore fan base that WWE is losing mm -hmm. um, and you know it's, it's just weird <laughs> you know what <laughs> I can liken this I can liken this situation to the profession that I and, and you sort of touch on in your work in that I, I traditionally work in radio and radio has seen a lot of people go towards podcasting both in terms of talent and listeners mm. because now traditional radio still has to abide by sponsors it still has to have ad breaks so you still have to you know you can only play so many songs an hour so people cut the songs down so then people don't like the songs as much because it's like where's my favourite bit of this song and yeah, yeah. some radio stations do that a lot to try and get 15 songs in an hour on a podcast you can literally choose to be independent you can get a sponsor on board that you want to work with you don't have to worry about any of the bosses you don't have to worry whether it's a you know a product that is in fitting with the brand because you are your own brand yeah. you can have guests on you can swear you can do all these things and it's like WWE is the old school radio it's the it's been around for years and it's struggling slightly to adapt to the modern world and how people can stream it and don't have to have our breaks and AEW is kind of approaching it almost more like a podcast I know it still has a TV deal but mm. you know with the way that they've set things up it's very much the, the creators the talent as you want to call it are calling the shots and can do what they want and I think that's where they're going to uh, at least in the short term benefit because with these events that they have you know basically a pay-per-view is kind of like uh, it has no, has no adverts does it no. but um you know, it'd be interesting to see what happens when AEW do have that regular TV show and how they get around having to have ads in it and having to have sponsorship. But it just seems that that's something that is is a bit more, you know, 21st century. Yeah. This is the 21st century, isn't it? Yeah. Yes. I mean, but that's the other thing with WWE, like, okay, uh, and a lot of their charity work, um, whether that's for perception and or is really down to their hearts, you know, and I'm sure it's a mixture of both, but... They've put themselves down a rabbit hole so much now in terms of, you know, Make-A-Wish and all of those other things or, you know, Be A Star 
and it's like they can't almost renege on who they've become. Do you mm. know what I mean? They've they've evolved to such a point now where they can't go. Actually, we're going to dial it back now and make it all more edgy, or you know, they 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 don't really have that option. I don't think so. They they've almost become too big for themselves in the sense that they're they're kind of crushed from the weight of who they are and what they represent. And to to so many, this is what I'm saying that they're, they're not just who they're not just them anymore. They've got so many different partners and people to appease that it's 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 I don't know, you know not poisoned, but it's just made it so difficult to 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 nail down what WWE is. Whereas AEW, in essence, they know who they are or mm-hmm. who they want to be. So it'll be you know very interesting to see who fans gravitate to moving forward um you know but I, as a fan obviously i i want to i want a wwe that i love to kind of yeah. you know that that's why i fell in love with wrestling like, there's no point dancing around that it, it, it is so that's why people get f- so frustrated i think um and you know publicly so just because of how monumental wwe has been i guess it's just a frustration thing i think everyone's very frustrated at the moment and you know you have to admit that i think the actual wrestling is as the storylines are getting better than they were i think they were very very directionless before mm. um you know so, i quite like i think i said this on twitter i quite like the aj styles good brothers thing right yeah again i but i feel that they're people want that so they're putting them together yeah no I get that I mean, I'd like and to what think, else would you do with the Good Brothers well I like, like to think they're putting them together to, to A keep the Good Brothers interested because they want to be with their buddy AJ Styles but also because they're planning on bringing the Undisputed Era up and they want to have them face off at SummerSlam but yeah, I'm well, not holding my breath oh I mean I would love that but the way I, I look at um, the Good Brothers and Styles is uh, and I said as much on Twitter t- too often um, it seemed in the past WWE seemed to think that the the uh, the genesis or you know what constitutes a feud is multiple wrestling matches just wrestling each other every week right mm. like not really any character development or story whereas I'm loving the kind of subtleness of Styles trying to get through to them too and like how they've kind of got complacent and and all and you know it kind of transferred to a match with Ricochet where Styles had to say hit the bricks all of these different things um, are so much better than just having matches. So, you know, I'm, uh, I like it. Good. Well, look, we'll talk more about AEW in a little bit with obviously Fighter Festival. Is it Fighter Fest? I never get the right name, but that's coming up this weekend. Yeah. Um, also, uh, Will did an interview with PCO, who I'm going to be honest, I don't know a lot about from his time at WWE, but I le- believe he was a multiple tag champion. He wasn't was part he? of the Quebecers. That much I do know. Good. There you go. Some insight. Uh, he's uh, involved with Ring of Honor. Uh, Will had a chat with him, and uh, he talked all about uh, well everything that's going on in wrestling at the moment. So we'll take a short break, and we'll be back with Will's chat with PCO, and more, including New Japan Pro Wrestling. Why WWE are giving people massive long contracts of the likes of Jinder Mahal? Five years. Would you give Jinder a five-year contract? And more coming up next on the Pro Wrestling Show. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're 
you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. This is the Pro Wrestling Show. So, Will Gavin, he's not here. He's at Glastonbury watching some bands and all that and buying overpriced alcohol, probably. Typical. He, uh, he had a little phone chat with PCO, who is appearing uh, on Friday night at the Ring of Honor Best in the World, taking place in Baltimore, Maryland. Uh, he is part of... Which match is he part of? I did know. Oh, of course. <laughs> Villain Enterprises. Yeah. Uh, Villain Enterprises, of course. Marty Skull, Brody King and himself versus Mark Haskins, PJ Black and Tracy Williams. Uh, I'll tell you the rest of the card. After Will's chat, this is Will Gavin chatting to Mr. PCO. Do you, do you call him Mr. PCO? We do now. So it is Ring of Honor's best in the world coming up this Saturday night, uh, streaming on Honor Club, a really exciting card coming up for this year's event. And I'm delighted to say that joining the show to take a little look forward to this, a man who's had quite the renaissance in recent years, PCO of Villain Club, is Villain Enterprises. Oh, I got that nearly wrong then. Villain Enterprises is with us. PCO, how are you doing, buddy? I'm great. What about you? Good man, good man. How how hyped are you to to get in front of that uh, Baltimore crowd this weekend? Oh, I'm just uh, I'm thrilled. You know, uh, there's uh, we're gonna reveal you know uh, our new uh, world six man tag team uh, titles uh, in front of that uh, the, the great fans there. Uh, it's, it's going to be uh, it's one of the biggest uh, pay-per-view of, of the year with Ring of Honor and uh, we're defending the titles and um, we're, we're coming in with, with brand new titles and uh, they're going to be personalized uh, villain enterprises so can't wait you know for, for the entrance for the match for the event uh, for everything that is coming with it Oh, nice. I'm excited to check those out. We're, um, we're obviously very familiar with Marty over here in the UK, incredibly creative guy and really excited and enjoying the work you guys are doing together in, in Villain Enterprises. So I'm sure whatever they come out with, uh, no spoilers, of course, they're, uh, they're going to be pretty cool. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure they will. And 
that's uh, that's what a lot of people are anticipating. You know uh, how how they're going to look and what it's going to be, and uh, you know I've uh, kind of uh, worked on them a little bit. You know, like uh, done a video uh, last night, which was Monday the twenty fourth of June, uh, and. Um, from the rough, you know, from going from the rough materials to the uh, polished and finished end product pieces of art, um, people would will be amazed. They'll be surprised. Exciting! I'm genuinely really looking forward to it. it it's been about what seven months now since you uh, signed with Ring of Honor and and came in and, and debuted with with Marty and with Brody. How is that relationship with those guys? And, and when you first came into to Ring of Honor, was it immediately that you were going to be paired with those guys? Did you know them before you came in? Yeah, I knew uh, both of them very much before I came into Ring of Honor. Actually, uh, in 2007, I, I, was, uh, I lived in England for uh, most of a full year, uh, working for uh, All-Star Wrestling. And Marty was like uh, almost debuting in, in his career. I mean, he hadn't been working for a long time, and um, we I've, I've met him with uh, Nick Aldis uh, during that year, and uh, I mean we we got along very good. And uh, then later on, I I saw him at Ring of Honor, and then I couldn't couldn't believe how much he had like not just improved because he was always good but he got better and better but also like totally reinvented his style i mean like you said you know he's so creative he's got great ideas and passionate about this business and everything and um i mean to me it's like wow this is marty man <laughs> that was pretty crazy and then uh 2018 i had like such a uh such a run on the indie scenes all across the U.S. and Europe and all over the place. And uh, me and Marty, we, we talked a few times, you know, just exchanging text messages a little bit. And then eventually, uh, Ring of Honor reached out to me and uh, he proposed to me the Villain Enterprises uh, idea. And with Marty and Brody, and Brody had like wrestled them like so many times in 2018, uh, either with MLW or any other indie companies. And um, I knew him, I, even PWG in uh, Los Angeles, which is like a uh, place very well known for uh, their their success on the indie scenes and their produced a lot of talents or a lot of people have been like signed from there, you know, to uh, major promotions. And uh, so I said, yeah, man, uh, that's going to be the perfect fit uh, for me. I thought, you know, chemistry is going to be there with Marty and Brody. I knew that for sure because I knew uh, both of them. So, uh, and it did. Uh, we're, we're still having fun all the time that we're together. I'm really intrigued by that. I, I remember seeing you... Um last year at Mania Weekend on, on Joey Janela's uh, show uh, with Walter at the Spring Break show. And 
you know, I at that point, you know, it's diff it's quite difficult to follow some of the American indies over here in the UK. So it's yeah. the the first time I'd seen you wrestle since you'd come back from your retirement. And obviously the first time seeing that kind of French Frankenstein PCO character that you'd worked on. And, you know, I'd, I'd be honest, mind was a little bit blown that this was the same guy that I'd been used to, you know, growing up watching in WWE and stuff. So how did that kind of inspiration to return come back and, and to put this character together? Well, it's, a, it's, it's, a, it's something that, I mean, all, all my life I had like a deep down like goal that I wanted to reach so badly and then I was willing to pay the price for it. And, uh, and since I was like 14 years old, it, this, this dream was pretty burning inside me for forever since then. But uh, at one point, uh, like, like I said, 2007, uh, I went to uh, England for a year. You know, I had quit a good commentary job on wrestling uh, back in, uh, in Canada. On the French uh, TV stations where I was getting, getting paid like huge amount of money just to... Uh, just because that's not what I wanted to be or that's not what I wanted to do. I didn't want to be a commentary guy. Uh, I still thought that I could achieve the goal that I had set up for myself. So I, I quit that job and I, I went to England to, to work for much lesser money and to work maybe uh, seven times as hard because I was working every day for, for Brian Dixon and uh, I was doing like commentary. It was like uh, maybe two hours per week, you know, for more money than the seven days a week that I was working for All Star Wrestling. So uh, I took that risk. Uh, the uh, my boss at the TV station asked me if he he said I can hold on to your job for three months if you want to try, and if it doesn't work, you can come back. And I said no. Well, if I tell you to keep my job and it's not working out, it's because I don't believe in myself. So I. I burned the ships and everything, and uh, just to make sure I was not coming back and I was going to, you know, go along with my dream. And uh, things didn't work out, you know. I try out here and there, uh, WWE things like that. And the creative didn't have anything for me. Nothing worked out. So uh, and then there had been a big, uh, big tough time for myself, and uh, I had to sit back a little bit. And because to me, like all the doors were closed. And eventually, I started like I started a uh, like a YouTube like uh, program that was nothing to do with wrestling. And then uh, the wrestling people would say, "Well, you know, we can help you with your uh, with your channel, but if you if you, once in a while, if you could comment or uh, analyze uh, a pay per view, and then we can, you know." You can get like more people subscribe to your channel, even though it's not your speciality. We can help you out. So I started talking about wrestling a little bit, <clears throat> and you know I pretty much thought I was done <clears throat> in wrestling. But in the meantime, when in 2011, like all the doors were closed, <clears throat> I started doing Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, Karate, Kyokushin. I was very, very active, and I never stopped being active and. And, and, and being an athlete. And then, uh, I mean, from just making those, you know, analyze and, uh, or, you know, talking about a show and things like that on my channel. And then, it, like, people from wrestling started to ask if I wanted to take booking. So I did 
a little bit of bookings here and there, and then eventually someone in the States, in Indiana, asked me to do a show for him, and then uh, I was wrestling all, all ego, Ethan Page from Impact. You know, he wasn't with Impact at the time, but we had, like, a, such a great match, and uh, and Joey Janela was there, and then he asked me if I wanted to be part of Joey Janela's Spring Break 2. And uh, so I went to see Destro, see if he wanted to train me so I could be, like, you know, and better condition and everything and be at my uh, max potential for that match. And and GCW, the Georgia, the spring break was in Louisiana, which is like 40-hour 40 hour, 40 drive Oof. from Montreal. And they said, well, we want to use you, but we're not going to... Uh, we're not gonna fly you in like you could. Could you drive? And uh, I said, yeah, I'm gonna drive. So it was like 80 hours back and forth for one 25 minute match, but it paid off. So I'm glad I did it. Uh, it was like pretty crazy the yeah. way it all came about. <laughs> I mean, you looked in great shape, I have to say. And, and Volta's obviously a guy who has gone from strength to strength over the last couple of years, and I. I it, I kind of I was surprised to see you there and turn up. It was like a, a you know a happy surprise, obviously. But uh, to then go from there to the point where only five, what six six seven months later you're in you're in Ring of Honor. It's quite a crazy kind of story after five six years out of the business. Yeah, this match really like blew everything up. Like uh, as far as like uh, I don't know, right after that it was like uh, a big. Uh, and, I mean, everybody wanted to hire me for their indie shows in the States, so I got fully booked, like, four shows per week. So I needed, like, three days off per week because, you know, I got a 10-year-old daughter and I got things, you know, I got, you know, things to take care of back home. But I was uh, at least, you know, four times a week I was going all over the States and, and fully getting booked. And then... Uh, you know, it's, it's like uh, I could be in Germany, I could be uh, in, in England, I could be in Los Angeles. I did PWG, I did like uh, all the majors in these, and uh, and it was it just became crazy. And then right after Walter Master, this the Frankenstein. The French Canadian Frankenstein started to get together, and then it got even more popular. And then, uh, uh, then when I was like talking with Ring of Honor, it's like I had been talking to every company, and I decided to go with with Ring of Honor because uh, I knew Marty and I knew Brody, and uh, I knew that this was going to be something that. Um, that was that was going to be taken care of, and and also they uh, assured me that they wanted me to keep on doing what I was doing and keep being creative with, with my ideas, my character, and who I was, and just that I could on any time just like shoot ideas and and uh, you know that I would be really like. Uh, <clears throat> I'd be uh, involved in the creative process. Uh, so, I mean, is that so, something with, with Ring of Honor in particular? Because you know, you have that unique perspective of someone who was, you know, in WCW, in WWF, as it was then, did TNA. Is that something that Ring of Honor you found quite unique to them? Just how much creative freedom you've had? Yeah. Well, it's, it's, 
I, I think it's the, it's the freedom. It's, uh, it's like you're allowed to be uh, <clears throat> what you want to be and what you feel is it's best for business. I mean, uh, sometimes with the WWE, you have to be in a certain way or do certain things that they don't consider who you are as a person or they don't know you enough as a person or, you know, because they, they've got so many people to deal with and they've got uh, so many people writing stories like it, it, it'd be like a soap opera or something like that. But to really get the best out of everyone, you really got to know them a little bit, to know who they are and who they are as a person. So their their character could be just a, an extension of themselves, you know, who they really are as a person, uh, part of their identity, part of what they, they feel, you know, uh, uh, in the ring and then not ask them to play a part, but to be who they are. And I think that's what makes a difference in a, a phony character and a real character. And I think, uh, I think that's something that, I considered a lot when I was uh, talking with Ring of Honor. I, I really thought they knew how to handle their talent and to get the best out of them, you know. So they're they're good at that, you know. It's, uh, that's they, 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 maybe we don't have like a uh, a platform like uh, USA Network or something. You know, we got like 217 TV stations. The Honor Club is building up and building up. We've got new fans all the time. Uh, but I think they're smart, Ring of Honor. You know, they're they're not trying to throw, like, uh, money around and waste it down the drain because, you know, we've seen that with WCW where it was just, like, throwing money, like, you know, tripling and quadrupling. And, I mean, given, like ridiculous amount of money for for guys that you know we didn't have to to give that much and they would still be there with WCW you know maybe on half the deal that they were giving them uh, they were just you know uh, throwing money around I think mm-hmm. Ring of Honor are smart they're developing like you know the time that it takes to develop the product and they're not trying to burn steps you know they, and they're smart and uh, I really think uh, it's, it's a good company well managed uh, who knows what they're doing and uh, it's, a, it's a great place to be where do you think Ring of Honor does fit into the current wrestling landscape? Because obviously, you know, you guys were with Ring of Honor worked the show with the, the guys from the Young Bucks and everyone for All In last year. That's gone on to form AEW. And there's been all this talk of AEW versus WWE, where they fit in. Where do you think Ring of Honor fits in in this kind of suddenly changing wrestling landscape? Well, I think uh, right up there with, with with them, but uh, I think uh, the fact that um, the uh, the former ROH guys are Cody in the Bucks and even Kenny Omega and Jericho, I mean um, most of those guys. I mean the Bucks that have been they had been with uh, Ring of Honor for what ten years? I don't know for so many years. Uh, Cody had had a long run with WWE, and then maybe was with Ring of Honor for two years, and uh, Jericho has been for WWE and being like a world champion so many times, 
and um, and Kenny just was dominating New Japan Pro Wrestling as this, <clears throat> and then he was with Ring of Honor before that. So uh, and then you you, you give them like uh, a billionaire, you know, someone who worth like seven billion dollars is willing to spend like crazy money. Well. The buzz that they, they had already, you, you just amplified that buzz uh, with so much money and, so, and, and the power of having a, um, a Division One, I, I think, football club in, in England. But maybe they, they got related to uh, a, another league because I think they didn't do that good last year, the Cons team in, uh, in, uh, in England. But they also got the Jaguars, so... Let's say they would they would want to do a type of WrestleMania type deal. They already got the stadium, not for free, but almost for free because you got a football team played there, you know, and maybe you got another football stadium in in England as well if they want to do Europe. So they, they now suddenly they have like advantages, you know, uh, on uh, money money wise, and uh, and they already had a great buzz around them but now amplify that with more uh, TV deals and more connections and more money and more stadiums and more everything so uh, it's, it's, it's hard now to establish what the landscape will be because they haven't done six months well Ring of Honor has been established for 17 years almost 18 years so they're solid there and they're not uh, trying to to follow uh, all the leaders for okay we're going to spend crazy money and uh, maybe that's not the way to do it I think they're doing it in a smart way but I think I mean <clears throat> WWE because they're global they're you know they've been there for a hundred years uh undeniable even if they're going through some really really painful time and tough time and especially here in the united states they're they're getting you know a tough time right now they're they're not selling tickets they're not having good ratings they're not doing well at all right now uh uh all elite so far they've been like selling out and crazy in a short time Ring of Honor, we're right, right there. You know, uh, that, maybe that's selling out buildings uh, in 15 minutes or things like that. But steady on TV, 217 TV stations, uh, mm-hmm. uh, airtime in you know, different places in the world. Uh, you know, figurines. You know, toys. Uh, uh, you know, they're doing their own like merch and things like that. It's a great setup. So uh, I think uh, uh, there's, they're, you know, they're the main company. So we're we're doing good. Yeah, and and it is. I yeah, love the Ring of Honor product, and you see how guys still get incredibly over in Ring of Honor. It's it's great to see. And and I want to specifically reference as well for, for you, PCO, that we um, I mentioned seeing you at Joey Janella's, and what a thrill that was. And then 12 months later, you're at Madison Square Garden in a four-way tag match with a bunch of guys from, you know, New Japan and all over the world. 
what was that event like for you to go in that 12 month span to, to where you were to be you know one of the main matches at MSG yeah this was like uh, well uh, the first thing that comes to my mind the uh, crazy entrance with the electric chair and and uh, you know um, the electricity and the whole crowd like going nuts and going crazy at PCO he's not human and chanting and having the whole like 21, 22,000 people just going crazy over PCO and uh, and the entrance and and, the, and saying that it was one of the most spectacular entrance in wrestling history and things like that or comparing the entrances my entrances with uh, like you know uh, Undertaker or you know, uh, Tim Baylor. So th there was a lot of things that I I've heard, you know, and uh, this 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 been this been a great year. On top of that, and I also like uh, took a crazy power bomb from the ring to the mm -hmm. outside and sat up on it and went back down. And, and the people like uh, you could see on the cameras the close up. People were in tears and. You know, I'm shocked, and uh, the, the, I, th I think you know it really brought the emotions, the the, the joy, the all kinds of the roller coasters of emotions, and I think that's that's one thing that I'm proud of. You know, so it's it's like okay, people got there, paid their tickets, but they they went through all all, all kinds of emotions, and that's what pro wrestling is all about. You know, and and also. Uh, uh, it's been my most successful year this year, uh, winning the because I was defending the Ring of Honor Tag Team Championship belts, uh, the titles with with Brody King, and then we me Brody and Marty were the six man World Tag Champs, and then uh, me and Brody were the NWA World Tag Team Champions, and we also are the uh, uh, winner of the Crockett Cup, which like only. Uh, Three other teams won before. I think the Road Warriors, Lex Luger, and uh, and Sting, and also uh, Dusty Rhodes and Nikita Koloff. So it's it's not bad it's, uh, company yeah, to be it's in. Very <laughs> prestigious. Yeah, very prestigious. So so uh, the only thing missing to to have like the Grand Slam year would be the TV title uh, or the and the World Heavyweight uh, Championship. So that would like be like the perfect year, just getting those two titles on top of everything else. Uh, that would make like uh, just an unbelievable year. It's already like an un unbelievable year. I mean, it's already like a year been uh, uh, full of success and, uh, and good times. Um, so finally, PCO, I mean, obviously really excited to see you guys in action again at Best in the World this weekend, live on, on a club. But for you, considering all that you've achieved in the last 12 months, and like I said, you look great for your age, but do you have in mind what you want to achieve in wrestling over the next, you know, however long, how long you want to go for and, and where you see your career going from here? Yeah, I mean, uh, it could be five years, it could be three years, it could be four years. Uh, I don't know. I just intend to reach out to that, to accomplish that goal I had set up in my mind uh, when I was 14. It was to to become uh, a world champion for a major promotion 
and not only to become a champion, but to really impact by this uh, winning this championship to really impact the business and kind of change it in a way where you know just coming with something different and just uh, just just. I don't know how it's going to happen. I, I have got the end result in, in my in my mind, and uh, and I'm just putting all the efforts to achieve it. And I've been doing that since I was 14 to take in 10 and to through failures and and good times sometimes, but a lot of failures. And I always believed in myself. Never uh, thought that if I was failing at something, it was because. Uh, I wasn't that good enough to achieve it because I always felt if I had it in my heart deep down, I was still working hard at it and it was still there. It's because uh, I thought if if I can conceive it, I can achieve it. And there would be no way that I could conceive something that I couldn't achieve. So if it's burning right there, it's because uh, it's on its way and it's, it's got to happen. It's part of my destiny. Well, look, absolutely, Carl, the, the best of luck. We really appreciate you taking the time out to speak with us today. and really looking forward to seeing you in action, the best in the world this weekend. And, and what you do do, whether it is three years, whether it's five years, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll keep following you and keep enjoying it. <laughs> yeah, that's great. That's awesome. Thanks for the opportunity. Yeah. I really, uh, really appreciate uh, you taking the time. And, uh, and uh, it's, it's great. Thank you so much. And, uh, We'll, we'll have fun this weekend defending those those titles uh, with Martin Brody King against uh, Askins, uh, Hotsis Williams, and uh, PJ Black. So it'll be uh, a great evening. Good Thank man. you very much. Good man. Thank you so Thank much. You. PCO joining us right. on the Pro Wrestling Show. There you go. Well, chatting with PCO, that is ahead of uh, the Ring of Honor Best in the World 2019. It's on Friday night. You can watch it from the usual uh, streaming sites, Honor Club, Fight TV, or the traditional pay-per-view channels if you're not in the UK. Um, he is involved in that uh, six-man tag team championship match. Villain Enterprises, Marty Skull, Brody King and himself taking on Mark Haskins, PJ Black and Tracy Williams. A uh, decent card for this. You've got Flip Gordon versus Rush, Dalton Castle, Dragon Lee. We've already talked about this by the way Al this is why I'm rushing through it if you want to <laughs> hear what Will thought about it listen to last week's episode uh, Cole Cabana and Nick Aldis versus the Briscoes which will be good there's a pure rules match Jonathan Gresham and Silas Young former I say former friend of the show former guest on the show Silas Young he's still a friend I hope uh, Mandy Leon Angelina Love versus Kelly Klein and Jenny Rose uh, then you get Ring of Honor World TV Championship Shane Taylor the champion taking on Bandido and the Ring of Honor World Championship Matt Taven versus Jeff Cobb as I say uh, best in the world you can stream that on Friday night it's on 9pm uh, Eastern time which I believe would be five hours behind uh, five hours ahead, ahead. UK time so that's 10 11 12 1 2am if you want to watch that one on Saturday Scott morning Scott Steiner in the house absolutely um, right uh, also uh, we were going to talk about Fighter Fest we've mentioned AEW back there mm-hmm. uh, it's a decent card and you know we've we've had our AEW fix with Double or Nothing and then it went well and we've had nothing since and and we've we've seen John Moxley appear in different promotions but he's back for this one um, taking on Joey Janela which is going to be decent and um, I mean are you looking forward to this? Yeah of course um, I actually 
was messaged the other day about going out there, which is extremely, extremely late. The things Al doesn't tell me. <laughs> well, it was extremely late in the day, and I didn't do the press accreditation, so it's kind of a non-star. But uh, there is some interesting uh, matchups there. I mean, uh, Darby Allen, right? Yeah. Um, is it uh, with Cody? Cody. <laughs> Jesus, I just said it was interesting and then forgot it. <laughs> yeah. Um, no. no. Or should we just it down? I'll, I'll run down. That's the name I was I just, looking for. But... I know I'm listing loads of wrestling matches, but I think it's appropriate. Um, so we've got SCU versus Best Friends versus Private Party. Ah, and so hang on. There's, some, there's something to do with that tag match, is it not? That leads into All Out, where the winner. Uh, gets to be in the number one, or like to compete for the first tag titles. Yeah, I so it's I believe the number one contenders match. Right. Basically, that's on the buy-in. That's not even on the main show. Wow. Uh, Michael Nakazawa versus Alex Jebeli. That's a hardcore match on the buy-in. It's going to be good. Cripes. Uh, you got Nyla Rose versus Riho, I believe it's pronounced, and uh, Yuka Sakazaki. Uh, Christopher Daniels versus Seema. This is going to sound weird, but I'm a Sakazaki fan. He, <laughs> I think I did say that to you. Um, oh, Sakazaki. Uh, so I thought you yeah. said Michael Nakazawa. No. I'm a big Michael Nakazawa fan oh, well, as well. Sakazaki. Yeah, no, no. Yuka Sakazaki was was amazing. She's Charisma the, out of her eyes. Oh, honestly. she was, just came out and I didn't know anything about her. And I was Googling her, like, you know, Wikipediaing her yeah. as she came to the ring before she even got in there. I, I've literally only seen her wrestle at Double or Nothing and I like her. And she's so Nasty. slight and small, but she's got some serious moves. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I, I love someone whose charisma comes through there. Not only their um, personality but mm. in her moves and everything like her like amazing her. No, no I'm looking forward to seeing her again Christopher Daniels is on uh, with Seema as I said Hangman Page versus MJF versus Jimmy Havoc versus Jungle Boy wow that's the money one absolutely <laughs> uh, Cody MJF versus... by the way seems like he's got a rocket uh, mate MGF MGF MJF MGF <laughs> MG <laughs> sounds, sounds like some kind of MJF sounds like some kind of furniture shop um, yeah M- MJ <laughs> MJF the wrestler yeah I mean he's so young and I saw him at was it Ring of Honor no what did I see him at I saw him at York Hall in I'm gonna say it was Ring of Honor no what was it Rev Pro that's the one Rev Pro I saw him at the Rev Pro show um, at York Hall and he was great and that was when obviously it had been announced that he was going to AEW it was my first time seeing him live and literally you know the crowd hated his guts and he mm. did that job of being a heel so so well um, Cody versus Darby Allen. Darby Allen, a very very mysterious character we interviewed him on a previous podcast at the Progress uh, mm. Super Strong Style go back 16. and listen if you can yeah I would he is a very serious man but he comes to the ring on a skateboard most of the time and you just you know the way he lets a skateboard just roll under the ring picks it up the other side and just casually walks into it you just have to see him and there's a really interesting story about why he has half of his face painted as a skull a very serious story absolutely well so go back go back after this podcast and find the one that's called Darby Allen and and listen to that and you'll hear the full story ahead of watching this on Saturday night Uh, John Moxley as I say taking on Joey Janela Uh, that'll be decent and then the main event Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks versus is the Lucha Brothers and Laredo Kid. It's going to be good. That's Looking forward. What an amazing weekend of wrestling you got there. If you had a WWE pay-per-view on the Sunday, if it was a week before, oh, God, you'd yeah. have three nights, Friday night Ring of Honor, Saturday night AEW, but unfortunately, I mean, Sunday night, go and do what you want. There's a, there's a Progress <laughs> show. Go and watch Progress. John's uh, giving you the pass. Go watch Progress or just go on YouTube, type in wrestling and just watch yeah. watch anything. I want to know what the top hit is, you know. <laughs> if you search wrestling, you don't know if you want to talk. We're doing it live. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. I mean, my TalkSport Wi-Fi is... Uh... Don't slag off the Wi-Fi at work. Oh, shit. Uh, right, wrestling. 
<laughs> Re- uh, the first hit, by the way, is wrestling reality. That's that's a predicted search. Okay. Yeah, terrible. Are people just checking if it is real because they're not sure? The, the first hit I've got is The New Day versus Daniel Bryan and Rowan from SmackDown. Great. Well, there you go. <laughs> the most popular wrestling I mean, match ever is that match, The New Day. And then it's what culture? Why don't WWE want commercials? Or, there you no, go. Why don't they want wrestling during commercials? Sorry. All wow. right. Shout out to what culture? Yeah. Obviously doing well with their Google, Google Analytics. Yeah, they are. And all there's like three of them in the top 10. I mean, fair play. Look I at think. that. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, amazing weekend for wrestling. Um, obviously, uh, we'll do a, a sort of full uh, review of both of those uh, pay per views on the next episode. Um, will normally puts together his indie roundup. Um, I haven't done that purely because I've been really busy. This mm. is where I play the, the sympathy card. I've been really busy. Um, there is loads of wrestling going on I know that there's that big one in Manchester isn't there there's the Rev Pro event where they've got NATO they've got like all the big names coming over for the Manchester warehouse yeah it's incredible we talked about it last week so I don't feel like we need to go over it again but if you are a loose end this week listen to last week's podcast because Will did an incredible indie show roundup which included that Rev Pro show included Progress's show uh, on Sunday night at the ballroom back in Camden Mm. Uh, loads of different shows there there was was all over the place there was some random places in the UK that I've never heard of that will manage to find <laughs> wrestling shows of. So if you want to go to an indie show, check those out there. I just want to finish this episode of the podcast. We need to talk about uh, WWE giving people really long contracts and we also need to talk about Seth Rollins not being very good at Twitter. <laughs> so Seth Rollins has been... We, we've seen some good Twitter beef. Like Jericho's got quite good. Um, and people sort of going, oh, best show. Who was it that said best best wrestling on the planet? It is Seth, it is isn't Rollins. it? Yeah, Rollins. Well, he, he said, you know, and then he was like, so Jericho put a laughing face, just, yes. just, just a very simple laughing face. And then on the following the cruiserweights on the pre-show, Rollins then tweeted saying that he was doubling down on WWE being the best in the world, and that in, in actual fact, nobody had wrestled as well as him as often. That no. was that was his claim. To which Will Ospreay, who <laughs> he wrote, uh, didn't he? Who, I'm alive. Who, who yeah? Who John Jackson is his professors his love for? Just like his style. I know. Um, he basically said, "I actually wrestled more than you uh, last year." And I think anyone who's seen a Will Ospreay match, especially this year, because the guy is on fire, um, will attest to the fact that he is indeed on Rollins' level. Um, And yeah, and from there, Rollins descended into pay scale... Uh Playground remarks, which pains me because I do love Rollins. But... It's the kind of stuff a middle manager would do in an office if there's an argument. He'd be like, well, well I earn more money than you and, yeah. your, and your dad. So I mean, and then for some obscure reason, in a in the latest kayfabe shattering way, um, Baron Corbin <laughs> then defended Seth Rollins and said, "Oh, um, you know, I actually wrestled more than you did last year, Will Ospreay, and I don't know who you are." To which the whole wrestling internet was like, "That's ridiculous," and uh, and then Will Ospreay replied, "No wonder Raw's shit, basically." So. Yeah, it's uh, wrestlers on Twitter. It either works or it doesn't. Um, you know, you saw, you know, Big E, great on social media. Seth Rollins needs a bit of work, I think, with his banter. I mean, it, 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 I is, is it of, banter? I mean, is it? Because there's so, obviously so, some beef somewhere along the line. I, I feel like, um, and I, I planted this seed the other day. I, it reminds me, his attitude at the moment reminds me very much of Shawn Michaels' mid 90s when. WWE wasn't doing very well and he was the top guy and he was carrying the company 
and it wasn't doing well. Like, mm. and I feel like there's there is a semblance of that with Rollins, where the attendances and the ratings are, and you know, maybe all time lows or close to it. Uh, and he's meant to be the guy, the main male star right now. And I feel like he's, you know, this is why he's defending the company and so viscerously, um, you know, talking about how great WWE is. I'm banging that drum. And for some obscure reason, take, I don't want to say taking shots at Moxley. He actually says many times in the interview that he loves him and mm-hmm. he wants the best of him and he's doing well. But he also insinuates that he couldn't handle um, the travel and the schedule when in actual fact, Moxley was like WWE's uh, longest consecutive performer for like three years with most matches in the year. Yeah, exactly. You could say, I mean, the thing is though, saying that you can't, uh, some, if you can't handle the travel, so what? Like some people don't mm. want to travel all that and much. He and he also said, oh, well, he needs to look in the mirror. Like, or if he hasn't done that. I think he did when he shaved his oh, hair off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I was thinking, uh, he seems pretty happy what he's doing. I don't think he needs to so do weird. anything. But, you know, whether it's just sound bites from Rollins or not, I don't know. But it, to me, it seems like he's just kind of going, right, you know, he's he's, laid his, he's put his flag down in WWE and he said, this is it, I'm standing here. Yeah, uh, I hold the title so I am the face, the big exactly guy. Exactly that. He's, he's ta- it, yeah. If anything, he's taking everything personally which you would do if, mm-hmm. if everything kind of rides on you and you're the main draw which maybe bar reigns he he is yeah so and Brock Lesnar's not exactly going to no. be a spokesperson is he <laughs> God, no anyway it brings us on to news uh, that uh, rumours big rumours today that Brock Lesnar is signing a longer term contract with WWE obviously uh, he's still up in the air whether he's going to make a UFC return but I think the money that they're probably offering him is too good to say no to because they really need all the names they can get they have that risk that Brock Lesnar you know he, he's um, he's done stuff he does stuff for money mercenary a little bit in a way mm. so if AEW wanted Brock Lesnar and he wasn't in contract with WWE is there a is there a risk that they could offer him some money I don't know but whatever reason it looks like he might be signing a bit of a longer term deal with WWE I don't is, th- is I, it a good thing? I don't think this is going to happen but if AEW doubled his salary he'd go in a heartbeat he he'd go in a heartbeat but I mean um, you know so Daniel Cormier UFC heavyweight champion and Dana White UFC president have both come out and said that the reason he isn't meeting Cormier this year is because WWE made him a better offer. Simple as that. You know, he's getting he's getting anywhere, if you believe reports, between three and five million per Saudi show. Yeah, that's and insane. He, for under five minutes work, each of the last two. But think about it, first class flight there, treated like royalty, get home, oh, I've got three million pounds in my... Oh yeah, I did that wrestling match for two minutes. Yeah, I mean, you think about the last two appearances I mean, yeah. he made, he, he, beat, he beat Strowman in, he no, in no time, and then, yeah, Rollins hit him with a chair a couple of times, like, thank, thanks very much, ten million. Nice. so But, um, you know, he's not... He has to be realistic, he's in his 40s now, he's... It, 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 he'll only really damage himself if he goes back to UFC and loses and whereas he can make the money he's been offered in WWE now you know would WWE offer him that same money Did he, would he have the same luster if Cormier defeats him possibly not so no. um, I think he's done the sensible thing that's what Cormier and White have both said um, no reason for them to say otherwise why Lesnar's retired from UFC so for Lesnar if Vince McMahon <laughs> insists on chucking that money at you what else are you going to do? Exactly. Take the money and run. I, I could, no matter how frustrated I get with the kind of appearances he makes and the booking of him being incessantly in the title picture and things of that nature, I can't blame that guy one bit. 
If you're Lesnar, what else do you do? Yeah. If they, if if Talksport were like, oh, we want to just offer you loads of money, and you're just yeah. coming work to less. yeah, just come and do <laughs> half a day, smash out some WWE stuff, and then go home, you'd be like, yeah, I'll probably do that. Actually, yeah. won't I? Yeah. What, more money, less work. Sure. Sounds good to me. Yeah. Um, that, obviously, that's one contract that's been rumoured. Uh, another one that we haven't... These haven't been confirmed, but they're coming from sources that are relatively trustworthy within the wrestling world. Um, it looks like WWE have continued their uh, new policy of signing wrestlers to five-year contracts as opposed to three or Jesus. less by signing up someone who, yeah, he's been the WWE champion in the last two years, but is he a five-year person that you really want to sign up for that long? Jinder Mahal. I mean... Wow, right. Uh, Ryan Satin rarely gets these wrong. He, mm-hmm. He's very good with the with the contracts. So uh, Maria Canellis, Mike Canellis. I mean, them getting five year deals. Wow. Have you? When did we last see them? Yeah, I mean, they're on two hundred five live, but in terms of main roster, they're they're they're, they're you know not there. I was going to say dead, but that was just really harsh. Um, so, I mean, in all respect to all of those talents, by the way, Jinder Mahal and indeed Mojo Rawley, all of who have signed inflated five-year deals and that mm. in partly comes because of the fox money and the uh, saudi arabia money so you know that's like over 10 years a billion from saudi arabia and the same goes for over five years from fox so that's a lot of money the wwe and, and and thus their talent deserve to earn more sure but did they really have to pay Jinder Mahal a lot more over five years. Like, are they that frightened of him going somewhere else? Like, I, I get it. There's some people you need to tie down. Could Would any of those talents go and take the world by storm anywhere else? I mean, I'd love to be proved wrong, but I don't think so. Um, I, I, I think that they're just making a, a point and they're making, obviously, it's their new way of working. Mm-hmm. It's, it's their new ethos. And they obviously want to avoid another Moxley situation. They do. And as, you, as you're saying, like, are these people going to go to other promotions and be big hits? I don't think anyone's going to be quite as uh, impactful as John Moxley has no. been. But another one, and this is where we'll end it, is, is Rusev. He's taking a leave of absence at the moment. You know, he's, he's worked quite a lot for the company and you know, not really taking many breaks in the last few years. So he's currently having a bit of a break, but his contract's up very soon. I mean, he is someone, especially over Jinder Mahal, I'm, I'm thinking, he is someone that could take a break from WWE, go elsewhere, and be be a bigger star. I think because they've never really made him as big a name, especially with like no. WrestleMania last year when he was so over. But they still didn't really pull that trigger on him. Look, me, me and you were both in New Orleans, and was there anybody more chanted than Rusev? Adam Day? Cole, baby, was was a big chant, but that's because it's like it was the fan favorite chant. But in terms of the Rusev Day thing, it was so over with people in the streets. Like, I mean, New Orleans is a party city anyway, but with all those wrestling fans there as well, it was it was in, it was increased. Yes, but every bar we went to, every street we walked down, on the way to all the live events we went to everyone was doing Rusev chants he any any time he appeared he was super over and it just seemed like WWE were you know if, if it, it's that old adage if, if they don't do it mm-hmm. then do they really want you to get over or exactly. if they don't plan for it do they really want you to get over um, I don't know if that's true or not but I would imagine that Rusev in his mind is thinking AEW looks kind of cool and he would be someone who would actually kind of fit there mm-hmm. um, you know and he, he could do some work I mean I know Meltzer has speculated that even someone like Japan he wouldn't make the same impact that like a Jericho Ambrose has Moxley but he 
he could certainly do something there and AEW could utilise a guy like him absolutely he's got could. a lot of size and talent and charisma I know, and you've got, and you look at him and how over he was, and he must have thought this is great. And then obviously, you know, his wife is involved in those angles as well, and that's good. It was going all right, but then it never really went anywhere. It fizzled out a bit. Obviously, Aiden English thing happened. He got moved on to Two Hundred Five Live, and then you know, Lana is involved in Total Divas, so that possibly ties them more. So he is facing perhaps not then working with his wife, but then if he's on a reduced schedule somewhere else, earning good money and she's away for however many days a week, he could still go and see it, you know, just because you're not working look for at, WWE. Look at, look at Ambrose and, and Renee Young. And they're appear- when they, whenever he's appearing at stuff, she's making those personal appearances that, that WWE non-wrestling talent can make or, yeah. you know, like their... Uh, or people signed to, like, their Legends deals or whatever. Um, so, you know... It shows that you can have one person in a relationship working for one promotion and one working for another. So I think it's going to be really interesting to see what Rusev does. And you should think that if he got himself over without WWE really... I mean, they they put him there but with Rusev Day, but he, he got himself over by just being really popular. Mm. He's got to fancy himself, like John Moxley, to back himself and go, I wonder what I could do independently. Yeah, well, it's like you said, he's at that point. Does he really want it? Does he want to be a top, top guy? Because I think he knows what his ceiling is in WWE now. Like, yeah, absolutely. You know, it, they they've kind of I don't want to say that they've uh, they haven't ruined him, but they they've if he if he wants to be a tippy top guy like a, a champion, then I don't think that's really there for him in WWE. Does he want to sign on for five years of that? That's what he has to think about. Mm. You know what I mean? And if if the money is there, tempting. But Absolutely. I mean, if if I'm Rusev, he's a relatively young man. Um, you know, he's got his prime ahead of him, really. I'd be taking a chance for myself. WWE might be there. You know, Vince is open to working with you again if you go away and do a bit. Or you know, There's a market for Rusev. It's really interesting to see, and this is where we'll leave it, I hope. Because <laughs> I know I'm going on. I've just watched a lot of uh, I've watched a lot of non-wrestling stuff this week, and it's interesting to see behind the scenes, because I remember when they were talking about Rusev's contract earlier this year. In terms of, like, travel, some people are in economy, in coach, and some people get like business class travel everywhere. And I think he was uh, one of the sticking points was is that he doesn't get business class travel. And he was like, well, I want business class travel. I'm, I'm one of your bigger names now. Mm. And it's interesting. I watched the Matt Hardy video, one of his he did, where he's talking he's about. Always good, and did you see him travel. on Delta? He was it. like, Delta One or whatever it is. And he's like, you know, I get business class travel. And actually, for some, you know, when you're traveling five days a week, that's a big deal. If you're a big wrestler, especially Rusev, he's a big guy and he's in great shape now as well. You know, you're not going to want to squeeze into economy. And then you have that thing of, well, he's not going to go economy if Lana's not in economy. Uh, he's not going to go. He wants to go in business. They're not going to put Lana in economy when mm. they travel together. So she's got to also have business. So there's so much to deal with. And I don't know whether wrestlers have agents and stuff. I imagine they must do. Wow. Um, but he, I think the wrestlers now have so much more to bargain with in terms of getting these things they want. But... He's happy just to let his contract run down and just go, well, you know, offer me what I want or I'll see what else is out there. It seems like a lot of wrestlers have kind of almost played chicken with WWE lately. And the the Usos certainly did ahead of WrestleMania WrestleMania, where their contracts are going to run at the end of April. And I think WWE were like, you know, they eventually kind of, we don't know the exact terms, but they must have um, wilted a little bit because the Usos would not have been hurting for suitors. So, um in terms of the travel is always a weird one because I actually was under the impression domestically that the talents have to fund that which was why the majority of them obviously do fly economy because you're trying to save as much as you can sure but then top stars of course if you get that written into your contract 
you know, which obviously Matt Hardy has been prudent enough to do. Um, so it's interesting. It's very interesting. It will be interesting to see if they can get a deal. And I think that the real interesting point is going to come when other bigger names come up for renewal. I mean, we've talked about AJ. I think has AJ signed a new contract he did now? Sign. Yeah. But it was still at the end of that. And AJ Styles has always made a no secret that he doesn't want to wrestle until he's really old. He wants to. He, he wants to get he, out. At he a good hasn't age. got a five-year deal. He, he. I don't know how many years it is, but I think he actually said in an interview not long ago that he's he's got about two years left in the business. But they must still worry. That he'll go, yeah, I've got two years left, and then, you know, and then AW go, AJ, do you want to do a year? We'll chuck mm. all this cash at you, and then everyone remembers AJ Styles as, oh, didn't he have some good matches in AEW? And it then becomes really tricky for them. Uh, yeah. So, well, they'll try and time some sort course of they legend stuff, wouldn't they? Of course or they whatever. Will. But you know, if you're a Styles, you'd be tempted to have at least a couple of showcase matches in in AEW, you know, let lesser run. Um, before you tied it up, just just to, just to you know appear. I think the next really interesting thing for me is going to be what happens with uh, Marty Skrull. His contract at Ring of Honor is he's re- got to be AEW. He's got to be up soon. But then you know his girlfriend's in NXT. Mm. But then his buddies are doing AEW. So well, with his girlfriend in NXT in Florida, then also AEW's in Florida. So maybe that works. Could work. I mean, I, you know, Adam Cole and uh, Britt Baker are making it work. Yeah, you know? exactly. So, um, so there's no reason to suggest that Skull wouldn't go to AEW. I, I, that's the natural fit. He's part of the elite. Like it's mm. weird. It's weird to think that he's not now. Um, you know, and I, far, I think his contract is around January. I think I could be wrong. Yeah, I think it is though. So, you know, for him, to, you know, they they are going to start television around October. For him to be coming in a couple of months after that would be a nice, you know refreshing boost wouldn't it just wouldn't it just well look I tell you what we've descended, we we've just, we've descended into speculation so we'll leave it there uh, thank you very much for listening to the Pro Wrestling Show this week uh, don't forget to listen back to all the other episodes we've talked about if you want to go and watch indie wrestling this weekend listen to the show that precedes this one Will does the best indie roundup I've ever heard of it went on for way too long in my opinion uh, <laughs> Will I don't know if Will will be back next week he might, he might be in no state after Glastonbury so well, it may who, just who be knows? me and you again who knows what, what? Can't contact iteration him. of the trio you're going to get can't contact him no. so you know we're just going to go with that um, three man tag team rules it'll just be two of us or it could even just be one of us it might just be Al trying to work the studio on his own we don't know <laughs> I would, mean, that would be a show in itself yeah I, well, I don't know how you'd get it out uh, you wouldn't get it up but no. that, yeah uh, right look follow <laughs> us on social media pro wrestling show on Instagram pro wrestle show on Twitter where you can interact with us uh, make sure you subscribe five stars tell your mates all that nonsense thank you very much for listening and we'll see you next time thank Thanks, guys. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.